That's been a long message. Well, it's the longest letter, so there you go. <laughs> the longest letter to the churches was Thyatira. Um, going to recap. Pastor Daniel did a great job last week. I love the putting on the armor of God. Um, you know, the part of that armor of God, that helmet of salvation, is what I just said. You get up in the morning. What are you putting on? A helmet of salvation. What I just declared to you is putting on the helmet of salvation. That Christ is in me, the hope of glory. That I am in him. That he has saved me. He has radically transformed my life. I am no longer the same. Put that helmet on. I've been created for a different purpose. Put that helmet on. I no longer think the same. I know we're no longer going to talk the same. Like, put that helmet on in the morning. Amen? Does that look a little different than what you might have been doing? The breastplate of righteousness. I'm putting that on. Why? Why? Lord, you see me as righteous. That's amazing. Because of your blood, I am righteous. You've declared me righteous. I, I reject every other thought, any arrow trying to, to uh, penetrate my heart or my mind that would try to tell me otherwise. You, I am righteous because your blood is perfect and clean, and you've applied it to my life. Therefore, I am righteous. I'm in right standing with you, and it blows my mind, Lord, you're awesome. Breastplate's on. Truth. That's the truth. Lord, I receive the truth. I reject all lies. Every lie that's been spoken to me, I, I don't put that on. I'm going to put on the truth. I am who you say I am, whether I feel like it or not. I'm putting on my shoes. I'm putting on the, the feet that are prepared to preach the gospel, the gospel of peace. I'm not going to put on fear and doubt. I reject fear and doubt. I don't wear fear and doubt. I'm putting on my boots because guess what? There's work to do. I'm going to put some work boots on. I'm going to dig in. I'm going to get a good grip. I'm going to lean forward into this day with the gospel of peace. Amen? How many is doing that when we're talking about the armor of God? It's not just a nursery rhyme or a fable. It's, it's a reality. That's what he went to the cross for, to restore us in his image completely, fully. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Like, all this world needs is me and Jesus. And it's really, they need Jesus. But he's chosen us. So me and Jesus against the world, we're good. <laughs> I'm going to have a good day. Because he's my king, and he's my father, and he loves me. I don't need 10,000. I don't need, like, where's my backup? <laughs> the glory of the Lord is my rear guard. And he's leading me as a good shepherd into all those areas. So we're good. Church, we're good. We're, like, way more than good. We're great. This is a great day. It is more gooder. <laughs> Calaveras High School graduate. <laughs> More gooder. It is in the English books there. Well, praise the Lord. Um, let's get on with this message. What do you say? Just going to recap some of the points. Um, we started off in the, in the message of Thyatira. The first point was that son, this, he, he's declaring and specifying this letter, the Son of God says. We need to pay real close attention to that. Who's speaking to us? The Son of God. Got your attention? He says, I know your deeds. And some people get freaked out about that, and others go, I'm all right with that. You know, I'm a lot more all right with that today than I used to be. Anytime I remember the Lord ever, or anyone saying, I see you, I'd be like, oh, uh-oh, because I had a lot of stuff to hide. How many of you remember, like, you had some, let's keep that over there. I'm like, we're good. You see me all the time. You know I'm a knucklehead. You still love me. So I love you. 
What else, what's not to love, right? Christ in me. So he sees our deeds, which that's good. But there's this but, and we all know when that but comes out, pay attention. Point three was, but you tolerate Jezebel. We're not going to tolerate Jezebel, are we? Point four was, you must repent. We must repent. There's been a church, the church has been repentless for a long time. There hasn't been a lot of repenting. He would have spared everyone, and, and even Jezebel, this, this woman that was called Jezebel, or he's calling a Jezebel, he said she would not repent. And we have a lot of people in this day and age, they just are, they are not going to repent. That's not going to be good for them. So we're going to come into point five, and let me just pray at this moment. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your awesomeness. Thank you for your power. Thank you, Lord, for your glory. I just thank you. You're amazing. Thank you for this word that is so radical. <laughs> your hand, is, you have entered into this earth, and it, it's supernatural. There's a supernatural being, Jesus Christ, the word of God, and, and I get to, to see it and read it and hold it and study it. I thank you for it. I pray, Lord, that today it would come alive and people's lives and hearts would be changed for your glory. Amen. So in chapter 2, um, I'm not going to read the whole letter. We've read it quite a few times, but um, I want to get to, well, we might, you know what, I'm going to do it because some of you are first time. So the message of the letter to Thyatira is starting in chapter 2, verse 18. If you could put that up there. <clears throat> There we go. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, the son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet are like burnished bronze, says this. I know your deeds and your love and your faith and service and perseverance and that your deeds of late are greater than at first. And that is an awesome, awesome commending right there. But I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess. And she teaches and leads my bondservants astray so that they commit acts of immor immorality or fornication and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent, and she does not want to repent of her immorality. Behold, I will cast her upon a bed of sickness and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of her deeds. And that's for anyone going forward. Speaking to all the churches, if, we do, if you do not repent, you'll be cast into great tribulation. Who is that for? The unrepentant. Get ready to what he's going to say to those who have repented and aren't following those ways. So there's a distinction there between those who are not followers, those who are not believers, those who are not walking with him, and those who are. Amen? You're going to see in a whole nother, whole nother letter in one of the churches that he's going to say, I'm going to keep you from that day to the type of followers. I'm keeping you from that. So here, this church or these followers of, of Jezebel, this main group of folks, he's saying, you're going to go to great tribulation. You don't repent. Clear enough? And he says, I'm going to kill her children with pestilence, and all the churches will know that I am he who searches the minds and the hearts. Why is he going to do that? He does not want that reproducing. He does not want that to continue. And he says, and I will give to each one of you, oh, my bad, uh, give all the churches, you will know I am he who searches the minds and the hearts. And I will give to each one of you according to your deeds. Now, here's our main text going forward. Here comes another but. But 
I say to you, now who's he talking to? The rest who are in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who have not known the deep things of Satan, as they call them, a place, I place no other burden on you. Nevertheless, what you have, hold fast until I come. Hold fast till when? Until I come. So he's saying, hey, it's great. You guys have started well, and you are increasing in goods. But hey, in your deeds, and he speaks of deeds again, hold fast until I come. Like, I got nothing, no other burdens for you. I got nothing else. Like, you're doing good. You who aren't following there, just keep what you have. That's really important for us, church. We're going to hit some opposition. We're to be overcomers. Don't lose your faith. Don't lose your hope in Christ. Don't lose the, st- the solid. Don't, don't, don't get off the rock. If you get off that rock, the wind and, blow, the wind and waves are going to blow and, and beat you up. But if you stay founded on the rock, your house is going to stand. So I have a confidence. I don't know if you can see it or not. This isn't make-believe. I have a confidence. No matter what's going to happen in this next month or year or 10 years or however, my house is going to stand because my house is founded on the rock. And Jesus said, if you build your house on the rock, which is, what is the rock? The putting into action of his word. That's the rock. Not just saying it, not just reading it. When you put the word of God into action, because that's what he says, doing those works is like the foundation. That's the foundation So as long as we are in fellowship with Christ and we are putting into action his word into our life, I don't care what comes against us. The wind can rage, the the sea can come, the waves can, our house is going to stand, church. That's a promise from the Lord. So I'm excited about that. And that's why I'm confident. I'm not confident in my building materials. I'm not confident in my skill set of how I built. All I know is my foundation's good. My, My building might look a little wobbly. I'm not the best contractor. It don't have to be. I got a foundation that is not going to move. Amen? No big bad wolf's going to come huff and puff and blow my house down. And I'm not going to let him in. Amen? There you go. That's for free. Where did we leave off? Oh, this is a good spot. Nevertheless, what you have, hold on, hold fast until I come, and he who overcomes. Oh, who's that? You can call me one of those. I'm an overcomer. Are you an overcomer? If Christ is in you, the hope of glory, you're an overcomer. Amen? And he who overcomes and he who keeps my deeds until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations. Whoa, that's not just a little thing. You're an overcomer. I'm going to give you authority over the nations. Wow. I'd say he's pretty happy with these folks. He's like, you're my kind of people. Check this out. I am in you, and you are in me. Why are we going to be able to overcome the nations? Because he is, and I'm in him. That's so awesome. I'm in him. Oh. Then 27 says, and he shall rule them. With a rod of iron, as the vessels of the potter are broken to pieces, as I also have received authority from my father. You know, I just, I've read this so many times, but just this morning I saw this, and I'm just, it's not in my notes or anything, but this, so this is a free one. And you're going to say, well, of course it says that. Well, you probably didn't see it either, so there you go. He goes, I also have received authority from my father. 
guess what? He is saying, you have received authority from your father. The things that you are doing are not in my authority. You're doing those things in your father's authority. Remember, he told even the Pharisees, your father's the devil. They said, our father's Abraham. No, he ain't. Your father's the devil. If your father was my father, you would know me and you would recognize me because I am him and he's in me. Remember? So he is doing this because he had just said these so-called deep things. He's actually, he says, actually, they're demonic. They're, they're of the devil. So he's saying, hey, guess what? You, you are coming and you're being so bold with the authority that all these things, this prophetess Jezebel, like they're from, they're from the Lord and this, you know, listen to me. And he's like, hey, guess what? I also have a father. Ooh, he's pretty sharp, ain't he? <laughs> You're not going to fool him one bit. And, and where does he go? <clears throat> My father has given me authority. You know what, church? Our, our father has given us authority. And it's not just for little things. It's for big things. We need to understand the authority he has given us and why we have authority. It's not because, like, I'm some great preacher or I fast or I say prayers or I read my Bible every day. It's because the authority he's given his son, the son of God. And I am in him, which gives, he says, then I am in you. And what I have, I give to you. And what, you, and what we have, we're supposed to give to him. See how that works? And with that, we have authority. Thank you, Jesus. He goes on, and he says, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron as vessels. Oh, that was, that was before. And I will give him the morning star. He's also going to give us the morning star. That's one of my points. And you're like, the morning star? Yes. Isn't that sound beautiful? And, oh, and some people say, well, these are just like revelations, really trivial. It's just a poetic book. No, it ain't. It's for real. <laughs> We're going to explain all this. You're going to see. Um, yeah, there's some mystery. There's some things that he's saying, but there's, you can look at and study and see this is what he's saying very clearly, and I take it literally. I take the Bible literally. There is times that he uses analogies, but it's for, it's for real. It's not, this isn't like a complicated thing where you have to, well, you got to know all these. It's very just theoretical and mysterious, and no, the Word of God, actually, he says what he means. How many of you, when you ever talk to God, like he speaks to me so plainly, I never wonder what he means. You ever wonder when, you're like, I just wonder, I don't understand what God's telling me. No, he usually tells me, he's like, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I get it. And then if I don't act on it, he gets very clear. He says the same thing in a whole different tone. He doesn't like, he doesn't go back and go, well, I'm, you didn't understand. He says it again. And you go, oh, that's what you're talking. Yeah, that's, that's the word. It's beautiful. And he actually means it. Amen. How many of you are like me? You actually believe it. This is God's word. It's supernatural. <laughs> it's God-inspired, God-breathed. It's ridiculous. It, it is, it'll blow your mind. The, the, more you, the more you study it, the more you go, I am so little, I know nothing, and God, you are so big. I love him. He says, I will give you the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen. So we're going to go, at, at, jumping back to verse 24 through 29. But I say to you, hold fast till I come. That's to us. That's to those who are not following Jezebel, who have not been misled or are following this mixture of, well, you know, I believe this part of this, this part of that. And my God, I hear that at times, my God will allow me. You've got a false God. Because if your God is different than what this Bible says God is, that's a false God. 
And that's what happened with these people. They're following Jezebel, and she's painting a different picture of what God is like, and it's contrary to what the Word of God says. There's mixture, and, and the world wants to do that. They mix all kinds of different stuff up and call it Christian. That's not going to fly. He says, but I say to you, hold fast till I come. <clears throat> so Jesus is bringing, and he wants to bring encouragement and comfort to those who have not followed or committed adultery with Jezebel. Get that? He, he's flipping the script now, and he's bringing, he's bringing this encouragement. I want people to receive, hey, it's been bad. I mean, when you hear, like, I'm going to put you in tribulation, that's scary. This is a letter to the church, and now he's saying, but <laughs> to you who haven't followed her, he's bringing comfort. I want you to be comforted. He goes on, he says, he knows those who have not chased after the deep things of Satan. I think we covered that in the last few weeks. Be careful when people are trying to, well, I've got this really deep thing, and it's, you know, let me teach you because, you know, it's real shallow, all this other stuff shallow. I got these deep revelations, and this is nothing new. <laughs> and Jesus exposes these all, yeah, there's some deep things, all right? They're actually from Satan. That's why he says, and guess what? My father also has given me authority. So just be careful of those things. He knows, um, he knows what's going on. Um, what happens in the physical, this is some of the teaching, is that you know, what happens in our physical, in the physical realm, is separate than what happens in the spiritual. So people were believing that. Well, you know, and you can have like, it's almost like a once saved, always saved thing. It's like, well, I got saved. I have this covenant with God, and I can pretty much do what I want because I said the prayer. Does that sound familiar? I mean, that's what they were doing. They were separating. She was teaching that the spiritual and the, and the, and the physical are different, are separate. And they don't, they don't have any bearing over one another. So you can kind of do what you want in the physical. You can partake of the, of the worshiping of idols or, you know, eat the food and drink at the festivals and get drunk and have orgies with the, prost, the prostitutes that are there and all of that. And still come bring your sacrifice to God. And you're good, especially if you pay them off, too. That's always a good thing. The priests were allowing that. Like, yeah, bring a sacrifice. Bring your tithe, and we're good. Sound familiar? Instead of ministers and priests speaking the truth, whether it costs them tithes or not, that's a popular message. But he's speaking it. For some of the deeper things, brought a sense of pride. These folks that were indulging in, and we want to know that right like i want to get knowledge and i love the but not so that it's going to build up pride in you so you be like here i've got all the mysteries and you need to come talk to me and I'll, I'll explain it all to you god has not he's not hiding things he's like here i want to show you things now there's some mysteries in the word of god but he's not like you got to go to like do a secret code and no you just ask him we have the holy spirit who's our teacher and he wants to reveal those things to us he the, this book is called the unveiling the revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ. He's not trying to hide things. He's trying to get us to see things. Amen? That was good. He, he says, be very careful when someone feels so adamant about their truth when it pulls you away from the, uh, from the truth and other Bible, biblical believers. Be careful, church. Anything or anyone that's going to separate you, start pulling you away from biblical truth and other Bible Biblical believers that you know are solid. You see the fruit in their life. Not just words, but the fruit of people's lives. When someone's trying to take you from that because they have deeper truths, be very, very afraid. Amen? 
I'm not going to go there. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus is telling the true believers to keep up the good work. Don't you love that? That's an attaboy. Hey, keep up the good work. Our Father said, I'm proud of you. Keep it up. Don't quit till it's over. How many know that? You get in a fight, you get into a race, you do anything, and you're leading, and it's going well. As soon as you let off, you could be like, hey, I'm doing pretty good. Check me out. Uh-oh. Or you start getting the better of someone, you let off. Oh, I got this. No. Tink. Uh-oh. Why, did it, why am I all dirty? What happened? What happened? You got knocked out. What'd you let up for? I didn't hear no bell. I ain't heard no trumpet yet. He's saying, hey, don't quit till it's over. Don't quit till I come get you. Amen? It's a good word. He's telling us, keep up the good work. I love that. You're doing good. Church, we're doing good. Keep it up. Don't quit. We're on the right track. Amen? Next point is he will give authority over the nations. He will give us authority over the nations. And, and, and this is going to be probably a long explanation, so bear with me. I got a little bit of time. We might make it through it. Praise the Lord. To, the, to those who overcome, he will share his kingly rule over the nations. See, Jesus is our king, and he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and he rules over all the nations. Amen? That's why I ain't too worried. My king is on the throne, and he's never going to be shaken off that place. So I'm good. He's going to share his kingly rule with us. Those who overcome will share in Christ's work as a shepherd with a rod of iron. When, you, when we read that verse in 26 and 27, it says, And he overcomes, and he who overcomes, and he who keeps my deeds until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. Rule them with a rod of iron. What's the rod? Well, that is a form of a, a tool the shepherd uses. So we're going to overcome. Those who overcome will share in Christ's work as a shepherd with a rod of iron. The shepherd's rod was used to break the bones of the enemies of the sheep. This is a shepherd's rod. When I went to Kenya, um, the um, Maasai tribal people, this is what goes in there. And they're little red. They wear these red kind of gowns tied up. This sits right through there, and then they have a machete on this side. And I always thought the machete was like, that's the weapon. That's for clearing the brush, because it is a thorny country. It is gnarly there. Like, and they tend flocks. In, and I don't know if you've ever, like, you watch National Geographic. Like, their backyard, there's lions. <laughs> there's lions. There's some big animals, and it is a gnarly place. This is their rod. Now, I, if after service, you're more than welcome. I'll set it out here or set it on the altar. This thing, it don't look like much, but that right there, that does not feel good. It's got this little, comes to a little point. A Maasai young man becomes a man, and I don't know if it's still this way, when he kills a lion with this. This is what, this is what the shepherd defends his flock with. This is, the, the, Jewish, the Jewish one was about this much, about that much longer, but pretty much the same thing. This is the rod. Jesus says, 
with, I will come with, and with a rod of iron. The shepherd, and we want to get freaked out about the rod as people are like, oh no, Jesus is going to beat us up with this rod. This is for our protection. This brings comfort to the sheep because he's with me. Guess, guess what? You see how long this is? It's not very long, is it? Like if I, it was, if I was coming up with this idea, I'd have one that was about baseball bat length at least <laughs> that could like launch grenades and really cool stuff. This means you got to be close. That's, I didn't get all that, but that was just something the Lord said. Yeah, this is very short, so you better stay close. Hello? Guess what? I'm in good shape if my shepherd has this. That brings me comfort. I'm going to stick close to him. When it looks like there may be some wolves or some lions or some predators, I better get close to my shepherd. And guess what? That's a good place to be. His word says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Amen? This also is used, a rod, a shepherd would use this rod when his flock would come in, and he'd go through and he'd hold it over him, and, he was, and he'd use this to count them. That means a whole other thing to me today. When Jesus, the shepherd, our good shepherd, comes through and he starts separating the sheep from the goats, he's going to hold that rod. Nope. You're here. You're here. Mine, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine. He's not going to come. It's not going to be a miscount. And I'm going to be, oh, shoot, where did I lose my sheep? I lost, there's 10 more of them out there. Nope, he knows where his sheep is at. He goes after his sheep. This brings so much comfort. And the rod, when you see the rod used in the Bible, that should bring us comfort as his sheep. And we are going to participate in this, bringing a rod. And the rod is for the enemy. And we're going to see some encounters of Jesus using this rod. And I want you to come up and see this thing. This thing, you might not think it's much, but I will promise you, you whack someone in the head with this, they're done. You hit someone in the thigh, their leg is broke. You hit someone in the ribs, they got a bunch of broken ribs. This is to break bones. That's its purpose. Instill pain. No more. Enough. This is the rod. I didn't bring it for you today. I had that sitting on my desk, and we had a staff meeting, and all the staff thought they were in trouble. <laughs> like, uh-oh, <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> no, this should be comfort for you. I'm going to protect you. We are the sheep in his care, and he's a good shepherd. Guys, don't forget, he's a good shepherd. The devil wants to twist us against, like, oh, he's going to do this. He's, he's a good shepherd. He goes before the flock. He clears the path. He know, he's been before us, and he's going before us right now in this day. Don't freak out. He's a good shepherd. He's going before us. He will not let us be devoured by our enemy or allow the enemy into the sheepfold. He's not going to allow the enemy or any of the enemy's cronies into the sheepfold, which is going to be heaven. We ain't going to have to worry about that ever, ever, ever again. Never again. He's going to deal with it. He's going to take that rod and punish the enemy and anyone who would want to devour us. That's a good word. How do I know that? I'm glad you asked that. Revelation chapter 12, uh, verse 5. No, yeah. You know what? I'm going to just give you a little free nuggets here. Um, when you go through the book of Revelation, you're going to go through, it's, it's split up. When you get to about chapter 12 and 12 and 13, there's, it's like a uh, almost like an interlude or an intermission of a big movie going on. And there's like 
that these two chapters kind of like lay out the players that are in the that are in this big scene, and it and it lays out who the players are. So for that very fact, I'm actually read. Um, let's read one through one through six, instead of just five. Sorry, I've given you a curveball. If you want to put those up there, you can. If not, I'll read it and they can follow. It'll teach them to bring their Bible, huh? <laughs> so chapter 12 of Revelation verse 1 says, And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. Now I want to share something, and this is going to help you interpret Revelation a lot when you understand who the players are. The woman... And a lot of people say, oh, that's us. That's the church. That's the bride because the bride is a woman. Yes, the bride is a woman. This is not the bride. This is the mother. The woman is the mother. Watch. Verse 2, and she was with child and she cried out being in labor and in pain to give birth. To give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven and behold, a great red dragon. That's Satan having seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads were seven deities, or crowns. And his tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven, and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she gave birth, he might devour her child. Isn't that what, what, what Satan did? You see, the, the dragon's tail sweeps away a third of the stars. Now, some people say, well, that's like going to say that there's going to be asteroids falling on the earth. A third of the stars are going to fall. And that's true. That is, that is um, going to happen. But I believe this is something a little more of a third of the angels fell from heaven. This is, this is telling a story, a picture of a story that is a grand story. Like we see these little timelines. This is the full story happening. There is this woman. And the woman is Israel. When we understand who is the mother, who is, who is the woman, it's Israel. Think about it. Who birthed Jesus? The nation Israel. You say Mary. Okay, great. Who is she? She's a Jew. Speaking of the nation Israel. And this dragon who is coming against Israel. And what happened when, when Jesus, well, let's continue. And his tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven. I believe that's accounting for what happened, that fall of the, of the demonic realm, of those angels that were heavenly. They fell to the earth. And you can read that in Ezekiel. I think it's around chapter 28. Um, goes on and says, um, And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she gave birth, he might devour her child. Remember what happened when Jesus was born? They had to flee. Why? Because Herod was trying to kill all the male sons. See, Satan, the dragon, knows like his fate is doomed. He is defeated. He is not God, and God is going to win. So he knows, like, God is redeeming. He's watching all this stuff happen. He knows, like, without the remission of sin, um, no shedding of blood, there, there's no remission of sin. And he knows God's heart for man. I, I personally believe why God hates you so much is because God, Satan wanted to be like God. That's why he was cast down. Satan wanted to be like God. What did, what did God do? He created man in, God, in his own image. Oh, that infuriates Satan. Satan hates you for lots of reasons, but I think that's one of the main ones. Because when he looks at us, he sees God. He sees God. He sees that he wanted to be like God, and he hates that. So now here comes Jesus, and he's like, I, I got to take this dude out. And he has Herod try to kill all the firstborn sons of between like ages one to two, right? That is the, that dragon trying to devour him. 
He also, as he grows up, he's trying to get him, hey, throw yourself down from the temple. I'll give you all these kingdoms. I'll give you, and Satan had power and authority on the earth. I would follow me. Don't go to the cross. I'll give you all this authority. Not understanding, guess what? Jesus has the authority. And when he went to that cross, he sealed the fate. Done deal. Satan, you're done. It is finished. It is finished. His hope was smoked. Let's continue. It says, and she gave birth to a son, a male child. I wonder who that was. Jesus, who is to rule, who? All the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. Wow, I wonder what that's speaking of. Her child was caught up. Caught up? That sounds familiar. Raptured. You say, well, there's no rapture word in the English Bible. No, there isn't. Not in the English Bible. In the, in the Latin, it's called harpazo. And that is caught up. Catching away. Caught up. This is the picture. Like this is, These are the big things going on on this scene. There's a, Israel, a nation, woman, giving birth to the son, a demon or dragon who is Satan and wants to keep that from happening. Jesus does his job, ascends, gets caught up to heaven, and will continue. Caught up to God and to his throne, a position of power and authority. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God so that there she might be nourished for 1,260 days, or one might say three and a half years. Who is the woman? Israel. Tribulation. Great tribulation is how long? Three and a half years. God is going to protect, and it says 12,000 of each tribe is going to catch away in multiple places and go and protect a remnant of his chosen ones that are going through that time. It's all right there in those six verses. What I want you to see is that rod, that scepter. That is what he's coming with to rule the nations. When, he, when, when we come back with him, he is coming with a rod of iron and he is going to destroy and crush every one of his enemies for all time. Yes. And we have part of that. This little overcoming thing that he's saying, like, we are part of that. Like, we are going to be in that army. We're going to be coming down with him, ruling, reigning, smashing some stuff. Yes. Oh, he knows the things I like to do. <laughs> oh. Let's look at Psalm 2. I put Psalm 2 in the New Living um, Translation. It just reads... I think a lot better. This is a very timely passage as I was seeing this for just where we're at today. Why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord, against his anointed one. Church, you've got to see something. Everything that's going on is basically this simple. It's this simple. There's, there's an anti-Christ spirit on the earth. Anti is a false Christ, a, a fake. And there's a one-world government system that is going to be led by the antichrist. Okay, this isn't like tinfoil hat stuff. This is biblical stuff. We are seeing this played out before us. 
the nations are raging. Not against us. Our battle's not flesh and blood. Our battle's not against people. There's a whole war going on in the heavenlies, and it is Antichrist and God, Satan and God, and it's an unholy trinity. Satan's a counterfeit. There's an unholy trinity. You know what it is? Satan, the beast. Satan is like a false god. Antichrist, false Christ, and then the, the prophet, the false prophet, represents the Holy Spirit. There's an unholy trinity that is God, and he's like, I'm bringing, like, he knows, he knows God's setup. He knows his layout. He was a part of it. So he's trying to do and pervert and twist another one to have war with God. And it's being played out before us. And there's people following it and being caught up in it. I'm sorry, but you lose. I'm not scared. Do, is, the, is the enemy mad? Yeah, he's mad. He's been mad at me for a long time, ever since I left his team. Nothing new. He knows his time's short. You think he's going to be trying some stuff? Yeah, we're watching it unfold. The rulers, they plot together against the Lord. They're not against us. They're against the Lord. They're, they're against his anointed one. His word says, let us, us, this is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. My bad. There is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in this passage. And let us free ourselves from the slavery to God. This is the, the people are saying. Isn't that what the earth looks like today? They want to be free from the, from, from the power of God. They want to be free from the oppression of the truth. They want to be free from, like, I don't believe in a God. I don't want to have to submit myself under a God, and, and then I'm accountable to God. They don't want to be accountable to God. They don't want to be submitted to his authority, to his righteousness. That's where we're at. But the one who rules in heaven laughs. <laughs> I love that. The Lord scoffs at them. Then in anger, he rebukes them, terrifying them with his fierce fury. Oh, for the Lord declares, I have placed my chosen king on the throne in Jerusalem on my holy mountain. The king proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today, I have become your father. Only ask and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the whole earth as your possession. You will break them with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. Who's them? Those nations, those, that one world government system that's coming together, that, that wants to come. He's coming with that scepter that he said, and in Revelation chapter 2 that we were just looking at, that's what he's coming and he's going to smash it. So don't worry. This system that they're trying to put up is going to get smashed. It's going to fall. And we are going to be a part of the dismantling of it. Woo! <laughs> he says, only ask, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the whole earth as your possessions. You will break them with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. Remember that clay pots. Now then, you kings, act wisely. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Submit to God's royal son. In the, the New American Standard, I don't know what the King James says, but it says, kiss the son. That was a symbol of authority. When a king, they would kiss the ring or kiss the son. That is a submission. He's saying, submit to God's royal son or he will become angry and you will be destroyed in the midst of all your activities. For his anger flares up in an instant. But what joy for all who take refuge in him. 
<laughs> Yay! Hey, guys, we're good. Do you take refuge in him? What joy! Guess what? If you don't, it's the rod. This one world government system is going to get tumbled and crushed. This is, this is like big things on the agenda. Like, this is a psalm prophesied how many thousands of years. John gets the revelation, sees it. And it also is caught in the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 2. Daniel has been, uh, the children of Israel are in Babylon captivity. Um, Nebuchadnezzar has taken Daniel, you know, you know the story, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But the king has this dream, and he is not able, I, I wish I could go through all of it, but we just don't have time. The king has this dream, and we're just going to read from um, section, Daniel chapter 2, 31 through 35, and then we're going to skip to 44 and 45. So Daniel speaking to King Nebuchadnezzar, he says, You, O king, were watching, and behold, there was a single great statue. That statue, which was large and of extraordinary radiance, was standing in front of you, and its appearance was awesome. The head of the statue was made of fine gold, its chest and its arms of silver, its belly and its thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, and its feet partially of iron, partially of clay. You continued watching until a stone was broken off without hands, and it struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay. It was the mixture and crushed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed to pieces all at the same time. And they were like chaff from the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them was found. But the stone that struck the statue became a great mountain and filled the entire earth. Did you see that? The stone that struck the statue became a great mountain and filled the entire earth. Did you pick up on the stone was not hewn by human hands? It's a supernatural stone. It's, it's Christ. It's a supernatural stone that is coming. Now watch. We go into to verse 44 and 45. And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed. And the kingdom will not be left for another people. It will crush and put an end to all these kingdoms. Now those represented kingdoms. And we're going to go over those in a minute. They will not be left over for another people. It will crush and put an end to all these kingdoms, but it will itself endure forever. That's a millennial reign in a, in a kingdom that's past that. Just as you saw that a stone was broken off from the mountain without hands and that it crushed the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great, the great God has made known to the king what will take place in the future. So the dream is certain and its interpretation is trustworthy. Guys, we serve a God who foretells the future. He's telling King Nebuchadnezzar of this global empire. That is, he sees the vision of everything that's going to be about to happen. Way back then, God revealed it to King Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel interprets it. says there's a stone that's coming, and it's not cut by human hands. And it's going to hit the tin, the, the mixture of the clay and the feet. Now, what's that? Let's look at that. Daniel chapter 2 tells the sequence of empires. How many know there's been empires laid out? Chapter 2 tells the sequence of the empires as a giant head of gold, which represents Babylon. That was the most amazing empire of any time. It was, I mean, King Nebuchadnezzar's reign was immense and powerful and gold, and the beauty of like, the discoveries they found there was just ridiculous. That was the, the Babylonian empire, so it's a head of gold. 
Remember the big image that he made up, a big golden image, like everyone bow and worship me. It was over like 10 feet tall or 100 feet tall. And if you didn't worship him, when everyone do, 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 go to the furnace, like that's the first one. Goes on and says that um, the head of gold representing Babylon, chest and arms of silver representing the Medio Persian Empire, the belly and thighs of copper representing the Greek Empire, like remember Alexander the Great? Legs of iron representing Rome. Feet of iron and clay representing nationalist states that do not stick together. Ever since the Roman Empire, there's just been all this mixing and matching and different, different ones rise in power, but nothing ever, like, completely one world government. Like, Hitler tried to do it. It didn't happen. Like, there hasn't been since. But there's saying, this is speaking of ten, ten empires. Now, listen, in our present world, we still have the same system. I want you to, I want you to think about this. In our present world, we still have that same system. We have to have that same system if Jesus is coming to take this big old uh, image of this head of gold, and he's going to come crush it. So, and, and as I explain this, I think you're going to see we are definitely under that influence today. We still have the same system. One empire gave way to another, but the same system stands. We still have Babylonian astrology, Medo-Persian ethics, What's that? What's the Medo-Persian ethics? If a person's good deeds outweighed their bad deeds, they're good. Is that still, is that pretty much the operation of today? You, I mean, we just watched, if you went to the, to the witnessing class, you watch people. Well, I'm a good person. I do good more things. I do better, more good things than I do bad things, so I'm good. That's from way back. That was taught then. Goes into, if a person's, uh, we go into the Greek age, their art and philosophy. That's, that is prevalent in our world today. Roman law, that's, that's still standing today. What's Roman law? Might makes right. Might makes right. Whoever has the power, you make the rules. Like, might makes right. We see, um, so in a sense, the statue is still standing, and they all still have their influence in the world system today. All of those things that have happened, those, how many of you know we're in a spiritual realm? All those influencers, all those things that were wanting a one-world government, a one-rule reign, are in effect today. And they all, each one of those are being represented. And they're still standing. That's what, that's what the picture's saying. All those things are still standing. What did God want? All of them to fall like, I'm your king. You submit to me. But there's a, there's a whole other level of all of those things still in place. And it's coming to a head. Daniel saw a stone not cut out by hands. It hit the image in the feet, and everything was made powder and blown away. Then the stone became a great mountain, a kingdom that will last forever. That's what's going to happen. That's what we see in the, at the end of the book. He's destroying that empire. He's destroying that kingdom that is against him. And what happens out of all that? This kingdom evolves, and it, it is bigger than anything else, and it's going to last forever. That's his rule and reign. He's coming back, and he's going to dismantle and destroy every kingdom. Everything that's built up against him is going to be crushed into powder, and it's all going to build, and he is going to become the king and the leader of an eternal, eternal, eternal world government, a true one-world government, a king, a king, a lord of lords, not a fake one, not a false one that the Antichrist is trying to build. Is it making a little more sense today? 
Why? Why does it have to? Listen to me. Even the good, this is, I put even the good things of the present world system must be removed and destroyed so that the better things of the kingdom can come in. Nothing left of it. Even the things, well, that's a good thing. That's a corrupt system. Is it a corrupt system? Even our nation, our government should probably be torn apart. It'd have to be torn down in order to be built back. There's no, you ain't fixing it. Is God going, I'm going to retweak all this and, and get it? Let me establish it. And it's never going to fall. It's never going to be shaken. We're good. Oh, we're so good. We're so good. And you know what else? If you notice, there's a stun. There's a stone. Church, hear me on this. That stone that's coming is not cut by human hands. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just got that. He don't need my help. That stone that's coming, it's not me bringing the... It's not me taking the sling like David did and took out the giant. It's not me. It's a stone that's not cut by human hands. There's no human help needed in that. He's going to come do it. Thank you. Take a load off. (laughs) Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct your path. Did he not lead the children of Israel? Did he not lead them out of of bondage? Did he not bring them to, yes, an incrossable place? What are we going to do? Did he not, like, and it came right up to that moment? Were they right on their tail? Did it look hopeless? Yes. What did he do? He told, actually, he told Moses, what's that in your hand? Stick it out. Part the waters. I'm providing this for you. Go. We're good. Has God failed us? Can he take millions of people through a wilderness and feed them? Yes. Supernaturally, did they have to provide? Did they have to work and labor for their food? No. He provided manna from heaven. Well, I'm thirsty. I'm bringing water from a rock as much as you'd like to drink. I'm sick of manna, the stinking manna. Can you imagine being like, I'm, I'm tired of your supernatural provision? Okay, you want meat? Go get your quail. We're good. Even the good things of this present system, it's all got to be because the better is going to come. The eternal is going to come. The unmanipulated, the un, you can't buy it off. You can't pervert it. You can't extort it. If we belong to Jesus, the rock, isn't he called the rock? If we belong to Jesus, the rock, we must be a subculture with a Christian worldview. Hear me? Church, we have to be a subculture. What am I saying? I'm saying this. This earth is not my home. This earth is not my home. If we are to be the Christians in church, we have to be a different subculture. The Christian worldview. Hear me. I'm not anti-America. I love America. But... I'm not really an American. I'm a Christian. And I serve a king who's out of this world. 
I'm not of this world. I'm a foreigner passing through. That's what it's called, a sojourner. Actually, I'm an illegal alien. If you want to get to it, I'm an illegal alien. Do we illegal, illegal aliens supposed to have rights? And I didn't say do they have rights. I said, are they supposed to have rights? If you go out of our country, if you're not a, a part of their country, do you get to vote? Do you get a say in what goes on? Do you got to conform and learn their language and do whatever they say? That's how that works. So whatever's going on here, really, in the reality of the big scheme of things, I'm not to be that concerned with. I'm passing through. Don't drive your tent stakes too deep. We ain't staying here. I know it's going to mess with, and, and believe me, I've been wrestling with this because I'm very patriotic and I love our country and, I, and I'll fight, dang it. I will. And, and I always say we shouldn't stand up for our rights. And we, yes, we should. I'm not going to get into all that today. You need to understand this. We're supposed to be different. Like, here's what I know. When all that stuff's happening, if my attitude goes sour and I'm like, I'm ready, like, dude, I'm going to take that liver. I can't believe that. Are you serious? I'm going to just break your teeth. I missed it. I so missed it. That's not Christ-like. I am way too attached to this land and not attached enough to his land, the promised land. Hello? And I'm guilty. Like, I get frustrated too. Like, ah. The blood that's been spilt for this country. It fr- How about the blood of Christ? I think I should be a little more frustrated by that. The one who actually saved me. Because I guarantee you, this nation is not going to save me. Whether Trump stays in or Trump doesn't, I told you a long time ago, Trump, my hope is not in him. He is not my king. Now, I like him. He's a great president. He, I, yes, but he's, he's not my king. And some folks have had their trust in him. And even that's getting shaken. And if you're freaked out, scared, and like tucked up in a corner with your blankie sucking your thumb, you've missed it. Get up, dust off yourself, be a man or a woman of God, and realize my king is on his throne. Whether Joe Biden's the president, if it gets dark, so what? How can it get dark if I'm here? It ain't going to get that dark because I'm the light. Hello? Does that mean like I don't get, no, I get frustrated. I get like, dang. But that's why you got to get in the truth. This is the truth and the truth sets you free. My perspective is not stuck only on the earth. My my perspective is supposed to be kingdom minded. And it's not just to be like, get me up out of here. Beam me up, Scotty. I'm done with all this. No, it's, Lord, I want to be found doing, and I understand I have a purpose here, and none of this is changing my purpose. My purpose, I, look, if you guys aren't signed up to get in these groups, I'm, I'm going to whip you a little bit, okay? I, I'm just, I just got to tell you, you need to get involved. Like, the greatest thing, your purpose is to evangelize the world. If you're not understanding, the time is wrapping up, and I'm going to get, oh, Holy Spirit, help me. You're not here to play games. You're not here to sit here and just say, well, that was a good servant, Pastor Steve, and go out and you don't share your faith. If that happens, I've failed. We're providing probably the best tool I've ever seen in my life that has helped me transform to share my faith confidently. That's why you're here. The Great Commission, it wasn't like a suggestion. Go into all the world and make disciples. 
in all the world. That means everywhere I go. That's my business. That is my purpose. People are, what's my purpose? That's your purpose, to be Christ to this world. He came to do what? To seek and save that which was lost. What's my purpose? To seek and save that which was lost. How are you going to do it? I'm going to tell you this. If you're not doing it without the training, without being equipped, without the instruction, now you're not going to do it because you heard me say this today. You're going to do it because you get equipped, because you understand. You, like, you can train someone. Trace, I know you've trained guys, but if you don't give them the weapon, you don't train them how to use it, and it just sits there, do they feel confident? No, they get confident when they take that arm. That's why the army did says, here's your rifle. You tear it all apart. They teach you how to take it apart. They teach you how to reassemble it. Teach you how to tear it apart. Teach you how to reassemble it. Teach you how to shoot it. Teach you how to fight with it. So then when you go to war, guess what? You're not like, crap, what do I do? My gun jammed. You're like, boom. I have trusted my weapon. Hello. We're trying to equip you. I want every single one of you to hear these words, well done. Well done, good and faithful servants. Do you seriously think he's going to say well done, good and faithful servants, when you have not done what he said to do? I won't either. I'm not. Church, I love you. I love you. I don't, I, I don't like it either. I, I wish I wasn't in this day. You know, my flesh says, this sucks. My spirit says, yay! Like, this whole book is being wrapped up right before our eyes, and we are the players in it. He's a big God. He's going with us. We're not alone. And I believe strongly we're going to see ridiculous signs, wonders, and miracles happen before our eyes. But you need to know this. When God's presence comes amongst his people, you better be ready for it. Don't play games with it. You need to clear out the closets. You need to get things right. That's what all these letters are saying. Don't mix with that stuff anymore because when he comes, when the, when the Shekinah glory, the, the presence of God comes into a place, no more foolishness is going on. You remember Ananias and Sapphira? That's New Testament. I don't see in the New Testament where God and the Spirit of God was moving more flowing through a bunch of folks. And it was like, that's what the church is supposed to look like. And God dealt with some stuff. I believe it's his mercy that he's not coming in with full power yet because the church isn't ready for it. We better get ready. We better be about his business. Do you think, you're wanting, do you think the signs and miracles are all going to happen in here or out there? I will promise you, there's a blessing that comes from obedience. So when you go to all the world, guess where you're going to see it? Under that obedience of doing what he said. And then when you come back, oh, it's going to be popping like popcorn. When we all come back like weekly, you're like, dude, I shared the faith with like 12 people today. One of them didn't get mad. And I will promise you, most of them don't get mad. But so what? They're not mad at me. They're mad at him. What do I care, really? I don't even really know most of the folks. Yep, I'm a nut. Praise God. That was for free, too. Last point, to the overcomer. And it's real short, so can you put on that? Be- with, yeah, that's the beautiful stuff. I just love it. 
To the overcomers, he will also give the morning star. Not only that rod and that scepter of iron that we are going to go and rule and reign with. And can you, isn't that going to be awesome? You're going to be a part of all of that evil, all of that frustration that you feel, all of that stuff going on. You are going to get and see and be a part of it being dismantled forever. Like that debt is getting paid. All that wrath has been getting stored up. And you think you're upset? The king of kings is upset. He is not coming into play like howdy doody time. He is coming and you better be ready. This earth, it does, has no idea what's about to hit it. To the other comer, he says, I will give the morning star. What's the morning star? None other than Christ himself. What a gift. To the overcomer, I'm giving you me. I'm giving you the morning star. The morning star is none other than Christ the Messiah himself. The light of the world who brings hope and joy out of the darkness. He's given himself to us. The hope of glory. The bright morning star. In Revelation chapter 22. Shoot, we got to look. We're just going to do it. 22.6. I might read a couple more verses. This is wrapping everything up. Yeah, I got to read a few more verses. Let's start at verse 1 and we'll read through. I don't know. We'll see. And he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God. This is after, after that, after that rapture, after the uh, seven years of tribulation, after the millennial reign. It says, in the middle of the street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall no longer be any curse. And the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his bondservants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. See, that's an antichrist thing, wanting to seal people and mark them on their foreheads. Why? Because that's what God does. And there shall no longer be any night, and they shall not have need of the light of a lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God shall illuminate them. Now that trips me out. That's like, you guys, there's an illumination from us. Like our whole beings are going to be totally different and changed. We're, there's going to be no need of the sun. No, not, and because God is light also, but because he's in us, we don't need light. We actually are like become truly light. Dude, this is going to, it just blows my mind the more I study this stuff. Because the Lord God shall illuminate them, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said to me, these words are faithful and true, and the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, sent his angel to show to his bondservants the things which must take place shortly after. And behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who heeds the words of the prophecy of this book. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you of these things for the church, for the churches. I am the root and the descendants of David, the bright morning star. I am the root and descendants of David, the bright morning star. Proverbs 4.18. This is one of my favorites. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full light of day. He's the bright morning star. I mean, you know, when you start, you go out at that 
sometimes as the sun's coming up, there's just one star left or the sun itself, you're starting to see the sunrise. I don't know about you, but every single time that I see that happen, it doesn't get, it's coldest right before the sun starts coming up. That sun starts coming, it brings hope. There's a new day. He said, I'm giving you, I am that morning star. I am that morning star. I'm giving you myself. And our path, church, is supposed to look like that. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter. Don't stop now. Don't stop now. Keep shining brighter and brighter until the full light of day, until the end of the day comes. Let me pray for you. Father, I don't know the state of everyone here today, but I just trust, Lord, that you are stirring people's hearts. You are preparing their hearts, their minds, their soul, their mind, will, and emotions to the truth that you're coming. Lord, some might have encountered religion, but they haven't encountered you. They might not have that relationship where you are in them. <laughs> and they're going to think, that sounds really weird. Yes, it is. It's amazing. The God of this universe wants to live in you and you live in him and become one. A completely new creation. That's what it says in 2 Corinthians. Anyone who's in Christ, in Christ, is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. All things become new. So if there's anyone in the room today and you say, I, don't, I haven't been become made new by Christ. I believe in God, but I don't have Jesus. He does not live inside of me, and I am not in him. Just lift your hand and say, that's, that's me, and I want that. All right. I'm going to trust that you guys are all understanding that you have a, a loving God who gave his son for you so that he, more than just taking away your sins so you can go to heaven, that he would indwell you and that you could have life on this earth. <laughs> you could have hope on this earth that old things would pass away and behold, everything would become new. If you don't have that, see me after service and I'd love to introduce you to Jesus. And also, if you don't have that, Tell him. Tell him. I want, I want that. I want what that pastor said. Lord, come into my life. I give you full control. I give you the control. I give you the steering wheel. I don't want to live this way anymore. I want you to come and inhabit my life and take control. I want you to be in me, and I want to be in you. That means everything that he has, he gives you, and everything you have, you give him. Amen? Amen. Why don't you stand on your feet? You guys can be dismissed. I encourage you, if you have not signed up for a group, go back there on that table and sign up. Um, if, is the Jackson one sitting back there now, or is it still in the office? I didn't bring it back. If, if you want to go to the Jackson group, we'll bring that out if it's not back there. And if you want to see the rod, come up here and handle that. That's fine, too. <laughs>